Hello and welcome to Not Another Witch podcast with me, Vicky, aka the Aphrodisian Witch. And yeah, it's called Not Another Witch podcast because does the world really need another witchcraft podcast? No, but we're gonna do it anyway. I was gonna open this with, I guess, an apology for taking such a long time between episodes. And then I was sort of like, hmm, is that really? <laughs> do I really wanna open an episode being apologetic uh, on my podcast? Probably not. So I guess I'm just gonna say that I'm aware that there has been a relatively big gap between episodes. And I'm just honoring that. I'm weirdly still feeling quite a bit of imposter syndrome around recording these episodes. And I've actually tried a couple of times to record an episode or I started recording and then I ended up getting so in my head that I end up not doing it. So that's something that I am working on and I'm grateful that this new platform is sort of allowing me to expand my edges, I guess, in real time with uh, productive stuff and stuff that uh, I guess motivates me to actually explore a new frontier. So I just wanna be transparent that I'm still kind of feeling a bit sticky in this particular journey. I think I've actually tried recording like three episodes on three different topics and I end up like tripping over my words and then getting in my head. So this is a little bit more of an on the fly episode. I literally just decided a couple of minutes ago that I was gonna record this. And today I'm gonna be talking about Aphrodite. <sighs> Aphrodite. So as most people know, or I imagine you probably know if you're listening to this, Aphrodite is my matron goddess. I am a devotee of Aphrodite, a priestess of Aphrodite. And I very much see teaching and talking and working and worshiping with Aphrodite as one of my life's purpose. And it's a really big part of not not just my spirituality, but also my business and my life. But it wasn't always that way. And I absolutely did not start my relationship with her thinking that it would take kind of this central role. So I don't really know where this topic is, is gonna go, but I'm hoping this will just kind of serve as a opening episode, I guess, for me talking about my relationship with Aphrodite. I've actually spoken quite a bit on other podcasts, like as a guest, about how I started my relationship with Aphrodite. I'm pretty sure I also did a live on it about, about a year ago from the time of recording. So I'm not really gonna get into the, the nitty gritty of how I started because I've actually gone over it quite a few times and people always wanna know, you know, how did you start working with Aphrodite? So like the long and short of it is a way that I would not recommend people starting to work, not just with Aphrodite, but with any deity. I was dating someone who was intrigued about witchcraft and I wanted <laughs> to impress them essentially by bringing in a deity into a, like a mini ritual that I had crafted for us. And we did this ritual to kind of bring us closer together. And we gave some offerings and I wrote some incantations and a prayer and we did some sigil work. And we made a little altar to Aphrodite. And the next day when I went to kind of take the altar away, I just felt this really big pull to not 
put the stuff away and to keep the altar up. So I was like, okay. Previous to this, I had literally no interest in deity work whatsoever. It was not on my radar. I very much saw witchcraft and paganism as a step away from, I guess, gods and monotheistic stuff. So I really was not, was not looking for that. I gradually realized that sort of spending time at this <laughs> altar that I didn't really plan to make and didn't really plan to stay, actually made me feel a lot better. I started giving offerings a little bit more. I started interacting with my altar. I started to learn about Aphrodite and not just in the sense that I approached her with, which was very much, you know, the traditional representation of like Aphrodite as the goddess of love and beauty and art and kind of all those <laughs> delicious Venusian things. And through my research, I actually came across kind of, I guess, her whole picture not just as this ultra-feminine aesthetic goddess, but also as the goddess of revenge, of wrath, of darkness, of war, of queerness, of individuality, of autonomy, and all of these deeper and more complex themes that the mainstream representations of Aphrodite just simply do not get into. And it was really through discovering these other parts of her and the super complex cultural histories and kind of the deities that she has almost descended from, the deities that she paved the way for, like the Roman Venus. That was so fascinating to me. And I, I got the bug. And suddenly it was like my spiritual practice was enlivened by working with her and I had motivation, I had built a sustainable practice through my work with her. I had really rediscovered my craft in a way that I had never approached it before. And similarly, I hadn't ever really intentionally thought about my relationship to partnerships, my relationship to love, my relationship to pleasure. These were all things that if anything, I had pushed away in my life. I had pushed away being soft because I saw being soft as weakness. And I pushed away, you know, being invested in aesthetics and invested in love because as someone who was raised as a woman, even though I really don't identify as a woman anymore, those things had been forced on me. Femininity had been forced on me. It was what was expected. And I completely rejected it and pushed it away and did not want to be viewed as feminine, did not want to be viewed as nice. Even though now I know that that's really not what Aphrodite is either, but out of all the deities, I didn't really vibe with, with what Aphrodite kind of was about. And it was only really through my work with her that I really saw that and I understood it. And I realized actually that I had moved through my whole life with almost this battle with Aphrodite because I felt as if my fierceness, and my strength and my no bullshit attitude was not compatible with someone who worked with Aphrodite or with Aphrodite herself. Now now I know that's, that's not true and that she is all of those things, but because of the mainstream representations of her, all of this is only really, it's not widely known. And this is one of the reasons why I started talking about Aphrodite and because through my work, and through my devotion with her, I've come to really work with 
those parts of her that are more underrepresented. So I always say I kind of stumbled into my relationship with Aphrodite because I came into it as someone who was not interested in deity work and very much brought Aphrodite into my ritual, not in a respectful way, not in the way that I would recommend anyone doing it, in a disrespectful way, way really. I was seeing Aphrodite as just like a nice little magical boost to the ritual. Like sure, we're doing something with partnership. Of course, we would bring in the goddess of love to help bless this union. Not fully understanding that actually, why the fuck would Aphrodite bless a union? <laughs> but you know, someone who is literally just using her as something to prop up their magic. The first thing that she did was essentially break down that partnership because that was not a good partnership for me or for the other person, I don't really think. Within my work, I realized that Aphrodite is very much like, I'm not gonna worry about your partnerships until you actually understand your partnership with yourself. And in the first year of working with her, that's really the lesson that I, that I came to to understand is that I really didn't have a relationship with myself. And I did put a lot of value on the stuff that I brought within my relationships. And I didn't really acknowledge my own power. I didn't take care of myself. I didn't take care of my emotional needs. But at the same time, I was also kind of manipulative. And I, I wasn't being honest in my relationships in what I wanted and what I needed. And I was almost trying to manipulate my partner's rather than actually being honest about the kind of stuff that I actually need in a relationship. And this is something that, you know, I think I'm probably gonna spend my whole life undoing. And it's a big part of my Aphrodite work is literally just being honest about where you're at and honest about what you want, what you don't want within those connections. So yeah, my my work with Aphrodite kind of started off in a relatively unconventional way and then it became a deep, deep, deep well of understanding and magic for me. And I was spending like over an hour a day at my altar, you know, working with her and, you know, meditating and using divination and journaling and giving offerings and, you know, reading about her and, and all of this stuff. And I mean, like, I'm quite happy that I'm not at that place right now and I feel a lot more um, relaxed in my connection with her, but I'm really proud of myself for just allowing that kind of connection just to develop because previously in my spirituality, I had resisted a lot of stuff <laughs> quite a bit. And with that connection with Aphrodite, it was probably the first point in my spirituality where I truly was like, okay, the universe is leading me to this. It's pushing me to this. And like, I'm just gonna go along for the ride. It wasn't even, um, I didn't even feel like, yes, I'm gonna make this happen. I want to work with Aphrodite. I was like, show me what you got. And I'm really happy that I kind of let go and just let <laughs> whatever was meant to happen, happen. But I mean, even when, you know, I made my formal devotion to Aphrodite and like properly became a devotee, I really had no idea of how intense that would actually be. And I remember, you know, kind of visualizing before I did my devotion ritual, you know, what does my devotion to Aphrodite actually look like? And to me, I really had no clue about how much I would be called to publicly serve her and support other people in working with her. I really saw my devotion as regular private work, 
maintaining an altar, giving offerings, learning about her, maybe sharing about her, but more on an interpersonal level, you know, with like friends <laughs> and being like, you should maybe look at this. I mean, I'm very grateful for that, but at the same time, I'm also like, oh, Vicky had no clue. There, no, at no point did I think that I would be, you know, I've taken vows to her as her priestess to teach and to support people who are sacred to her and, you know, to give like financial donations regularly and to regularly hold classes and give free offerings so that people can actually connect to her. And like, never in my wildest dreams did I think that that was going to be part of my devotion. And that's really, you know, when I speak to people who are considering becoming devotees and I guess more formally releasing themselves to Aphrodite. That is always something that I'm always really um, keen to let people know is that I found that when you take that step, it is almost out of your hands. And I don't wanna like freak anyone out because that's, it's not a, a thing to freak you out. But I do think that a lot of times we can underestimate what that actually means. And I mean, don't get me wrong, Aphrodite knows that if I couldn't handle it, she would not have given it to me. She would not have put me on this path. And I am so, so, so grateful because being her priestess and devotee has brought me so much joy and abundance and even just brought me into connection with so many amazing people, but also into deeper connection with myself. Through stepping up and kind of publicly talking about her, publicly teaching people about her, helping support people in finding their own unique connection to Aphrodite. I've come to understand my own devotion to Aphrodite deeper and it's almost like peeling layers of an onion, you know? I really thought there were certain things about my Aphrodite connection that I'd already worked through, that I'd processed and integrated and actually doing this in a more public way and supporting other people in their connection just brings it up in a whole new way. So I'm incredibly grateful for, I guess, having a different vantage point to explore when it comes to my own connection with Aphrodite. And a lot of people ask me, you know, how to start working with Aphrodite. And I do think people kind of overthink it. I think because of her reputation as kind of being vengeful and wrathful, that people are especially scared of pissing her off. I don't think, in my experience, like, <laughs> If you try, you know, want to work with Aphrodite and then you actually decide that actually she's not really for you, that's okay. Like, that's fine. <laughs> you don't have to worry about like incurring the wrath of the gods. A lot of it is kind of being respectful, but I always like to remind people, you know, my initial encounter with Aphrodite was like the opposite of respectful. I very much did not acknowledge her power. I only knew a fraction of her actual themes and what she actually, you know, like her history and her mythology. I didn't know any of it. And that was the first encounter with her that I had. And don't get me wrong, she like brought me down to earth like really fast and was like, okay, I'm gonna actually show you how to actually connect with me, how to actually respect me and how to essentially do deity work. So if you're concerned about working with Aphrodite and the thing that's holding you back is that you're really worried that you're gonna piss her off, like please do not stress. Um, I really don't think the gods are concerned with like us petty humans, particularly anyway. <laughs> and I like to keep that in mind, like, you know, when even as someone who is in a more formal role with Aphrodite, like I always remind myself that literally I am nobody, absolutely nobody. Like to the world, to Aphrodite, to myself, like I am absolutely nobody. I am no authority. 
I am not like number one <laughs> priestess. Like nobody is. Personally, I do think it's perhaps a little self-centered to be like, I am the number one. You know, my deity likes me the best out of everyone because I, I don't think that gods are all that concerned with how we are feeling in the rank of <laughs> devotees, you know? I, I think people underestimate the gods' bullshit, <laughs> like, tolerance level, I guess. But yeah, my, my main tips are honestly, like, so fucking simple. Just set up an altar and start giving offerings. This altar doesn't have to be a physical altar, it can be a digital one. It can be one that you kind of access through meditation or dream work or journeying or visualization or anything like that. Your body can be an altar. You can have a temporary altar. You can have an altar outside, inside. There is so much stuff you can do. Like a private Instagram account can be a digital altar. As long as you are interacting with something regularly and it serves as a place for you to connect with not even just Aphrodite, any deity, it's an altar. But that is really, <laughs> just start connecting. And I think my biggest tip, again, and this is very much something I've learned from my own experience, before you ask for anything, make sure that you have put the time into actually developing that connection. And I am also a big fan of entering deity connections with literally zero expectations. At the end of the day, nobody wants to enter a connection or a partnership or a relationship when the other person is like, I wanna get something out of you and I'm gonna, you know, work with you, I'm gonna connect with you, and I'm going to be your friend just so I can get this thing. Like, that is not a good foundation for any relationship. And I think that with the kind of cultures that we're in, you know, especially, obviously, I am in the UK, I'm in the West, it's an extractive culture, and it's almost kind of capitalistic, almost, sometimes the way that we can approach deity work, especially if we are from families, or cultures or particular places in the world that do not approach spirituality the way that we are approaching. But I think it's so key to keep in mind, like this is not a means to an end. If you are struggling with something and you're like, that deity can help me with that. Yes, they probably can. But if the only reason that you are building a connection with a deity or with Aphrodite is so you can get that particular thing, that is not a good relationship. That is not a good, way to kind of move forward. Now, you might be sitting there going, oh shit, well, that's what I'm doing. It's not the be all and end all. I am a big fan of like course correcting, you know, as I keep telling you in this episode, my initial contact with Aphrodite was disrespectful and extractive. And like, I'm going to add you into my ritual so you can help me out. And now I'm sitting here like <laughs> years later talking to you about this wild journey that I've been on with this goddess. So that's just uh, little tips <laughs> for deity work. And I think, you know, one of the biggest journeys, especially I would say in the last year with Aphrodite is, she is a queer goddess. She is a trans goddess. I'm not gonna get into like, again, the specifics. This is something I've sp spoken about quite a bit on like my grid. And I'll also pop some amazing resources if you do wanna dive into more like the mythology of like queer and trans Aphrodite. Ancient History Fangirl has like a three hour epic of like mythology of Aphrodite, which I will put in there in like the description if you wanna go check that out. And initially I'd really identified with Aphrodite as a queer goddess. But in the last year, I also kind of realized and came to terms with my own kind of gender queerness. And that was something that I really did not expect when I started working with Aphrodite. And I think similarly, a lot of non-binary and trans people, especially if 
they were kind of raised and conditioned as women and girls. We can feel a resistance even more so to connecting with Aphrodite because of that ingrained femininity and the kind of generalized, bland <laughs> perceptions of her, which is really not her whole self if you actually look at the mythology. So especially I think for like queer and trans people, working with Aphrodite can be an incredibly restorative thing. Working with Aphrodite has really taught me to understand that femininity itself is fluid and flexible and like what even is femininity what is masculinity is that just binary thinking like all of these questions and curiosities of stuff that have come up consistently in my relationship with Aphrodite acknowledging the beauty and the desire and the creativity in all humans and deconstructing beauty standards, my own beauty standards, why I judge my own appearance, why I judge my own imperfections, why I shame myself for literally being a normal fucking human with like, you know, spots and like bad breath and like stinky armpits. Like why am I, <laughs> why am I judging myself for that? So there are so many things that she's actually taught me and I guess I'm just coming and having a chat with you just just to express my gratitude. Like I'm literally looking over at my, my Aphrodite altar now. It's just been a wild journey and it's really hard to even put it into words particularly because I didn't think that I would be here in this position. You know, like a couple of months ago, I launched like a mini, uh, a mini course. I launched like a two part masterclass series for Aphrodite and kind of working with her and understanding again, her whole self, not just those like aesthetic and love and beauty, but also those parts of her that are really not talked about all that much. And like over 40 people have taken it, or I think maybe just under 40 people have taken it, which is wild, absolutely wild to me. And I've had some like amazing feedback from that and people have been like, whoa, this like changed my connection with her. And there were people in that class that had never worked with Aphrodite. And there were people that had been working with Aphrodite for longer than I have. So just being given that opportunity to hold space for those people to help support them, to you know, give people my own opinions on how we can connect to Aphrodite, what Aphrodite and her mythology has to teach about us, her different epithets. Oh my goodness, if you are interested in Aphrodite and you're like, I'm really intrigued about all these different signs, just Google Aphrodite epithets <laughs> because that is really how you can see all these individual titles and names and themes that we have for her. And it's really through the epithets that I was like, whoa, this is like an incredibly multifaceted goddess and like people do not give her enough credit for like how amazingly flexible and wide ranging her themes are. And I think because of that, it's why I, I never really felt pulled to devote myself to another deity. A lot of people ask me, you know, like, do you work with other deities? And I do. Um, you know, there are quite a few of the Welsh deities that I work with. There are a couple of the other Greek deities that I work with. Some of the Norse have been sort of calling me. But Aphrodite, I feel, will always be my number one. And almost I'm very much like, Aphrodite is multi-purpose. Because she has so many different kinds of energy, so many sides, that there are not many workings where I can't find a specific epithet to call on that links to my intention. Like, there's really not much. And I just feel so fucking passionate about telling people about this amazing goddess and all the things that she's taught me because so many people will actually approach this work, you know, for self-love or for a boost in, you know, partners and stuff like that. And like, yes, working with her absolutely can give you that stuff. And she can also give you 
a stronger sense of self, way better boundaries. Oh my goodness, so much better boundaries. A claiming of your power, of your sovereignty, of your creativity, of your weirdness. A deepening of your own personal understanding of your sexuality, of your gender. And even of the way that you actually relate to other people. The past couple of years have given me incredible insight for why I do the way, the things the way I do them. And how kind of my trauma has impacted the way that I relate to other people. My kind of, the things that I default to, my default modes. All of this awareness has come about from working with Aphrodite. And some of it has been intentional. Some of it has been like, do you know what? This pattern keeps playing out in my partnerships and I'm gonna call on Aphrodite and ask her for like support and help. Other stuff I really do feel like it has come and brought itself to a head just because I am in this mindset and in this energy. Almost those sort of more subtle background shifts. Changes in attitude have actually got me being like, hmm, there's gotta be an easier way to do this rather than actually intentionally being like, I want to change this. I really do feel like when you start working with Aphrodite and potentially other kind of heart-centered deities, again, I'm speaking mostly from an Aphrodite devotee point of view, it changes the playing field. I used to feel like... I had to put walls up between me and other people. You were either on the same side of the wall as me or you were on the opposite side and that was kind of it. And really one of the biggest lessons that she showed me is that I get to decide <laughs> where those walls are and it's very much not an either or situation. Honoring where my own personal boundaries are and where somebody else's personal boundaries are, and seeing the love and the care that goes into naming and maintaining those boundaries has been one of the most revolutionary things that has come from my work with her. And similarly, you know, she she's a goddess that gets angry. <laughs> she gets so angry. And allowing me to cement myself and sit with my own rage and my own grief and my own outrage at the shit that has been done to me to my community, to the people that I love, to my country, to the lands that I live on, to the lands that other people live on. Allowing me the space to really alchemize that rage and that anger into something that's actually tangible and can actually help support me and help my community has been a life changer. And it's so interesting that so many people to me leave out like the community connective attitude of Aphrodite because she is the outsider. She is the goddess of the marginalized. She is the goddess of the weirdos. And therefore she also is the goddess of those marginalized communities of us making our own families, our own communities, our own collectives, our own support networks. That's what she's about. And while this is something that I know will be a lifelong project for me, carving out those spaces, those heart-centered spaces, I wouldn't change it for the world, even though it's long work <laughs> and it's hard work and I'm going to fuck it up at some point. And Aphrodite consistently tells me like, you will fuck it up at some point. You will fuck up in your devotion. You will fuck up in your priestesshood. I probably already have, well, I'm telling you I have, I have fucked up. <laughs> but me fucking up is not anything against me. It doesn't make me less. It doesn't make me a worse devotee, it doesn't make me a worse mentor, it doesn't make me a worse priestess, it just means I'm fucking human. 
It just means that I'm human. And I suppose if I was to sum up all of the lessons Aphrodite has given me, if I could sum it all up, I would say that Aphrodite teaches me how to be human. And she connects me back to myself. And she supports me in like delighting in the, in the silliness of being human. And I think for such a long time, I didn't understand the amazing, the fucking fantastic gift that I got from being human and like being here, <laughs> like how fucking wild. So yeah, I guess what I got from this <laughs> divine deity, this magnetic, powerful, all-encompassing spiritual force is that I am so tiny. <laughs> I am the smallest speck ever. And at the same time, I also have, oh my fucking God, so much power and magic. And I love existing in that paradox. I love it. And yeah, I think, I think I'm gonna leave it there. <laughs> I hope that this has been an episode where you've kind of maybe understood my relationship with Aphrodite a little bit more. Maybe it's just confused you even more. And whatever you feel, that is the best way to feel about this episode. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't listened to the other episodes, scroll down and listen to them. And of course you can connect with me on Instagram or on my website. On Instagram, I'm at the.aphrodisian.witch. And my website is www.theaphrodisianwitch.com. And of course, if you liked this podcast, you enjoy my ramblings, feel free to rate and subscribe and share it with all of the, the witchy, curious people that you know. And yeah, if you want to do some further Aphrodite reading, I will pop some really great resources down. And if you want to actually learn about Aphrodite with me, I do also have that two-part masterclass series, Unlocking Aphrodite. I think one of the classes is like three hours or something silly like that. Um, that goes into all of the different mythology associated with her, her epithets, her cultural contexts. And then the second class is all about how you can start developing your own personal practice with her. So yeah, I'm excited if you want to kind of dive into that. That's all I've got for today. So I'll catch you on the next episode of Not Another Witch Podcast. And yeah, I'll see you soon. Bye.